Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment. <laughs> and no matter where in time or where in space you are in this world or not of it, <laughs> I hope that you are remembering to manage your expectations when you have a visualization or you write out exactly what you want for the universe to deliver to you. Anytime you ask for anything and you're trying to use the law of attraction to bring that thing to you. I hope that you're managing your expectations that, you know, say you want a little red tricycle and it doesn't come. <laughs> In the next 24 to 48 hours, don't be angry and think it doesn't work. Of course, none of you want that, but maybe your children do if you have children. But <laughs> but whatever it is, you know, whether it's you're um, imagining money or a house or a job promotion or a new life, a new love, friendship, waiting for a plane ticket to come, something, you know, anything that you want that you're trying to attract into your life right now. I hope that you're able to manage your expectations in a way that you, I mean, if you, if you don't expect it to come at a certain time frame, that's what I mean by managing expectations. And sometimes you might visualize a specific house and then that specific house is sold. So then you think, well, I just blew it. Like, I, I don't know how to do this. And that's not true. That house wasn't meant for you. That was meant for somebody else. And your house is better. The house that's on its way to you is better for you. So, um, when you manage your expectations, you're not imagining the house. You're just focusing on the what. Let the house be for the universe to deal with. Your job is to put out the order and continuously think of the what and when you get an intuition about <laughs> how rude <laughs> did you hear that I'm sure you did I'm sure people in freaking Alaska heard that that was so loud uh, didn't know they had Harley's here I'm just kidding <laughs> oh god anyway um, <laughs> when you are in the middle of trying to create something using the law of attraction and the universe gives you an intuition about action that you need to take and action, any action, you know, you get a hunch or someone hands you a newspaper and something circled in it or 
and you're like, oh, wow, I could do that for money or I could, I could go there and meet that person or do that thing. You're driving along, you get like a sign on the side of the road. You're like, oh, wow. You've been thinking about a specific restaurant for a long, long time and you haven't watched TV in two months, turn on the TV and there's a commercial for that restaurant. Maybe the person's going to help you get your thing is in that restaurant. You've been thinking about a song you can't get out of your head. It's weird because you haven't heard the song in months, maybe even years. You walk into a store and the song's playing or you turn on the radio in your car and their song is playing. And sometimes you hear the words to the song in a way you never heard it before. And you're like, whoa, I didn't think that was the lyrics. Well, that's weird. And you go back and you can't ever unhear what you heard before. Even though that might not be the lyrics, what it te- it tells you, the universe is telling you, this is uh, what you need to do or think or be or where to go. So... Pay attention to the signs and stay open and don't have unrealistic expectations. Learn to manage your expectations about your manifestations. And stay in a positive state even if they don't come, even if they don't come for four years. Keep in a positive state. My my girlfriend told me when I first met her, she says, you know, we started to get to know each other and she says, you know, um, I'm excited because my Mercedes is coming. And when she first said this to me, I'm like, oh, really? What day is it going to be here? She's like, oh, I don't know. It's not up to me. It's up to the universe to bring it to me. But I know my Mercedes is coming. She entered drawings for Mercedes. She got into uh, businesses that gave away Mercedes. She did everything she could to get her Mercedes. (laughs) She went to places where people owned Mercedes. So she could be around that energy of that because she just was in love with a specific um, Mercedes that she saw and she wanted an older one. She didn't want a new one, but she knew that once it's perfect and fine tuned, it can run really well and she loves to drive and she knew her Mercedes is on its way. And I mean, drawings would come, she'd be so excited and she didn't win it and she would say, you know what? That's okay because my Mercedes that's coming to me is better than this one. It's going to be better for me. And she would just keep being, keeping happy about it. She's like, oh, well, that one wasn't mine. That was someone else's, but I'm so happy for them. But my Mercedes is on its way to me. And she called me up. She'd go, girl, I can feel it. That Mercedes is on its way. And, I mean, it was years, like maybe four years go by, and her uh, daughter met someone who had his horses in the races at Santa Anita and they fell madly in love and I mean they used to go down to bet on the ponies and here she met a guy who owns one and and, or several and so wow just like that just boom instant love and they were dating like years and then um, now they're married and now I have kids and they're madly in love and happy but Back during their courtship phase, maybe a couple years into it, my friend, she was invited over to his house. He was going to make dinner and they were going to spend the night down in Newport where he lived, Newport Beach in California, which is a very, very wealthy neighborhood, wealthy community. 
And she was like, oh, I'm so glad my daughter, you know, met this guy because he's like able to provide for her. He's very, um, he's wealthy. He could take care of her, but also he knew how to steer her if she wanted her own business. And my kid, when my kid met him the first time, I, my youngest son was just very little at that time. And he walked in and goes, oh yeah, you're my brother from, from Italy. Do you remember me? My name's Virgil. My name was Virgil back then. And that's my name now, but you were my brother. You were, you know, we, we lived together. We had to take care of dad's, uh, vineyard when dad died, but I became a priest. Do you remember? And he was just like, what? <laughs> you know, and my son's like, oh yeah, you know, it's our past life together. You're my brother. He's like, I love you so much. And the, it was like an instant bond. And he, he got chills. He looked at me and he goes, oh my God, I have chills right now. I go, well, we all know each other from another time because, you know, Vera and I were super close. The minute we met, we thought we knew each other already. And then she said, how can we never call her, right? I'm like, I just looked at her and I was like, well, I don't have your number. And she's like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I don't even know your name. <laughs> we're jumping up and down, hooting and hollering like we knew each other forever and hadn't seen each other in 10 years, jumping up and down and crying and crying. It was a joyous reunion until we realized oh what I don't even know you it's so weird that we knew each other but we didn't know each other we knew each other from a lot of other lifetimes but here we didn't remember each other like we didn't remember our souls but not you know our you know so anyway but she uh, went over to his house and they, they went her and her daughter went over to his house and she she was given like her own private room it was all nice and cushy and it was like kind of overlooking the marina and whatever and she decided to go out on a walk and he goes here why don't you go through the garage you know it's just easier to get back in and so she went out to the garage and she didn't get farther down the garage itself because she's like wait a minute well this is your car which is a Mercedes but what about this other car over here and he said, oh my gosh, she's like, yeah, my ex-wife and I divorced years ago and that's her car, but she did not want it. She already has another car. So she just gave it back to me. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. And Vera says, well, maybe it's my car. Maybe this is my Mercedes. And he's like, hold on a minute. And he goes back in the house and he grabs some keys, comes back and hands her the keys and says, that's right. This is your car. Boom, just like that. You never know the how. <laughs> you never, ever know the how. <laughs> Until it comes and you're like, oh my God. Usually it's unexpected like that and completely a surprise. But if you act as if it's going to happen and you're grateful and you're happy and you manage your expectations about the when, that's not up to you. Your, your part in this is the what and going with hunches and intuitions that's it <laughs> that's that's your thing that's that's your only part to play so i hope that whenever and wherever you are on this planet you are learning this on a very deep level and you're managing your expectations when you are in the process of creating your manifestations for your best life ever. 
All right, so um, let's see here. I'm going to get right into it. Uh, DisclosureNews.it, they had another chunk of the chart that was missing again. Very strange. So their 11 o'clock in the morning report says, Today the activity is completely on another level compared to the last days. The series of movements in progress began yesterday at 13 UTC on the 25 hertz level. A few hours later at 18 UTC, it approached 30 and after a period of moderate fluctuations, it reached its maximum peak so far, 58 hertz frequency at 3.30 UTC. And after this strong movement, we see a series of minor peaks on the 25 threshold. So that's pretty cool, 58. So yay, they're back up. That's nice, nice to hear it. In the evening report, they just said the situation is calm. So there you go. Now going over to the Heart Math Institute, for some reason their numbers are always much bigger. All right, um, California started off at 80 hertz frequency at midnight and only went to 82 by 4 a.m. And in Hofuf, Saudi Arabia, they start off at 14 hertz frequency at midnight, and by 4 a.m. they were down to zero, completely zeroed out. They're the only ones that zeroed out today. Here's another master number (laughs) with Lithuania at 177 hertz frequency, 77. (laughs) That's a, a fortuitous number. That started off at midnight, and they went down to 172 by 4 a.m. In Alberta, Canada, they were at 131 at uh, midnight and up to 137 by 4 a.m. In Northland, New Zealand, they started off at 61 hertz frequency and went to 63 by 4 a.m. And last but not least, Hulului, South Africa, is a winner winner chicken dinner <laughs> with the highest hertz frequency of yesterday starting at midnight at 211 11 another master number and they ended up at 210 by 4 a.m not much of a difference well there you have it with the schumann resonance frequencies that's the energetic vibrations in the ionosphere that's between the earth itself and the upper atmosphere that's all the space in between is the ionosphere and these are the hertz frequencies that are being able to be detected by these machines i suppose it's pretty crazy it's so different everywhere right and super high vibrations and we like to see that that helps us it helps us to spiritually grow it helps the sleeping ones to awaken and it helps us all to purify our hearts minds bodies you know and our thoughts basically our minds are our thoughts but you know what i mean all of our past our future we clear everything out with the higher vibrations so i like to see it and speaking of high vibration (laughs) lesson 137 in a course in miracles is this when i am healed i am not healed alone When I am healed, I am not healed alone. Today's idea remains a central thought on which salvation rests. 
For healing is the opposite of all the world's ideas, which dwell on sickness in separate states. Sickness is a retreat from others and a shutting off of joining. It becomes a door that closes on a separate self and it keeps us isolated and alone. Sickness is isolation for it seems to keep oneself apart from the, all the rest to suffer what the others do not feel. It gives the body final power to make the separation real and to keep the mind in solitary prison split apart and held in pieces by a solid wall of sickened flesh which it cannot surmount. The world obeys the laws that sickness serves, but healing operates apart from them. It is impossible that anyone be healed alone. In sickness must he be apart and separate, but healing is his own decision to be one again and to accept his self with all its parts intact and unassailed. In sickness does his self appear to be dismembered and without the unity that gives it life. But healing is accomplished as he sees the body has no power to attack the universal oneness of God's son. All right, so it goes on and on. <laughs> this is another longer one. It's 15 paragraphs to read. Most of them are like only two lines though. So that is uh, pretty much the thought of the day is when I am healed, I am not healed alone. So I was reading this and thinking about when I was, um, when I was a child and my parents, uh, divorced and I went through a lot of trauma. My dad ended up marrying another woman for only six months. But during that six months, um, I was neglected and abused and kidnapped to a foreign nation where further I was neglected and the only person who took care of me, I would, I, I swear I would have starved. It, I was never given any food to eat for about a week or two. And maybe it's only a week. I think it was about a week only, but I wasn't given any food. The person who married my dad took her kids and they went off visiting relatives somewhere in Mexico. She kidnapped me to Mexico and I just was told to stay behind in the house alone. And I was terrified. I was like really young. I was five years old. And the only person that took care of me was a prostitute who spoke English. And that's why, because she was a prostitute. So <laughs> I've had a wild life, man. But this prostitute would give me, um, Cereal, like I was told I could get cereal off the fridge, but the fridge was like in a seven foot tall fridge and, and I was five years old and I, even with a, a chair, there's no way I could reach it. And they knew that and they just were hoping I'd die. Maybe. I don't know. It was like really crazy, <laughs> but anyway, so I got to hang out with this very sexy woman with her half her boobs hanging out and her makeup. And she always sm smelled of, um, cheap cologne and cigarettes and beer and whiskey that had been spilled on her. It was ridiculous, but she was one of the sweetest people in the world. And she did take care of me. And, um, after that happened, I, when, when I was brought back finally and be given to my dad, my dad got an annulment. And then he married a third person who, um, 
who actually abused me almost every day that I was there. And um, during all this time, I just kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And I was like always sick. And I was always home alone, away from all the people, which served me actually when I think about it now, I look back on it, the illness served to keep me away from people as an empath. It actually made me heal emotionally to be away from people. So I'd rather have my body sick and my emotions good than my emotions always out of control, you know, and feeling really crazy inside because I could feel everyone's crap. <laughs> and I didn't know what it was. And I didn't know how to deal with it. So the only way I could deal with it is to, you know, just constantly imagine I'm going to be sick and I would be. I had a lot of time alone and it's like this weird pattern that every now and again crops up just like in this past week, it cropped up again. And it's like, huh, that's very strange. <laughs> you know, I haven't gotten sick in a long time except with asthma, but that's all, it's all um, hormonally related and I'm going through the change of life. So it's completely crazy, which is weird because I'm, I'm going through the change of life. You'd think that I'd be like suddenly looking older, but I'm actually looking younger and my hair is turning back its original color. And the other day someone said, I don't look like I'm more than 21 years old. Like he thought I was lying to him when absolutely thought I was lying to him. And I've gotten the, the age 21 several times in the past month from various people. And it's kind of weird. It's like, no, I'm, I'm 51, dude. <laughs> I'll take like 30, 35, but like 50, like 21, I'm 51. Like, you know, it's like, I don't, do I really look 30 years younger? I don't think, but <laughs> yeah, I question the motivations of people say that, but, um, but yeah, I could see that. And there's always, when there's something that's going on in a person's life and they get really sick and you think that they're faking. And sometimes you realize that they think they're sick, but you could see that maybe they're not sick as they seem. I've seen this in people and my clients when I was, um, having, I'm a hypnotherapist and I had a, a practice for years and I would see it, you know, like this woman, she had a stroke and her leg wouldn't move and, oh, well, we got to move out of our house. Oh, well. And in hypnosis, I, I put her very deep and she doesn't remember this, but I got her leg to move and I saw it move many times and I'm all, oh, okay. So her sickness is secondary gain. She didn't want to clean a, a um, big messy house. You know, when she moved to a small place, oh darn, can't have a dog anymore. So now she doesn't get to take care of the dog. <laughs> it frees up her time, freed up her life. She didn't have to you know, clean a three-story house. Now she had a one-story, a real small place. So it freed up her time and, and she, cause she felt so put upon, but she couldn't express with words to her family about this. And she couldn't, cause she didn't want to hurt their feelings. So the secondary gain thing happened, you know? And I've seen other people that just want to be weighted on hand and foot. When people won't do it, they get sick end up in the hospital where they're weighted on hand and foot, you know, I think for me, it's just, it was an isolation thing always. And I read this and I'm like, yeah, it does. It keeps you isolated and alone. And that's not always a bad thing, at least for me, <laughs> even though I don't like being sick, I could see that as a child where this came in. I don't know what the hell happened this last week. It was very weird. Cause I was thinking about going to visit my friend and maybe I'm afraid of that too. And, and I, and I look at my, 
what are my motivations for being sick if it was something subconscious? Obviously, never I would do this consciously, but it's always subconscious. So I'm like, hmm, <laughs> what could it be? Yeah, maybe I'm a little bit afraid, and maybe I'm afraid that, like, maybe I'll love him and he's not my twin flame, you know? Maybe I'll be in a relationship with him and my twin flame won't approach me because I'm in a relationship. Or, you know, I'm like having all these crazy fears, like, or maybe... I think I'll like him like that, but then we get together and what if we don't get along and then I'll feel really alone. So maybe, you know, so I've been having all these ideas that maybe my subconscious mind is, you know, having it uh, like taken the reins for a minute. And I'm like, no, because I really want to meet this person one way or the other, no matter what the outcome is, you know, I have a feeling I can meet this person where he'd be friends like for life. That's what I think is going to happen. You know, if anything romantic happens, I don't know. I really don't know, you know, and if anything, um, relationshipy happens, it's not going to happen the day we meet. <laughs> it's going to happen, you know, months from now, if, if at all, you know, so I'm thinking, all right, well, you know, okay, fine. And then plus I think maybe my twin flame might change his mind or, you know, maybe he will never come because I have a feeling he's famous and I'm not in that world. So I might not ever meet him. I don't know. I'm leaving, but I decided Yesterday, I'm going to leave everything up to the universe. It's up to God, right? So God told me, go meet this person. So I'm like, all right, fine. Going to meet him. We have plans on Monday. <laughs> you know, and God tells me, and, and your twin is coming. He's coming into your life soon, but he has other things to finish up first. All right, fine. All right, fine. I just feel like he's got a bunch of work and legal stuff and I don't know I just feel like there's a lot of stuff stuff with other people like maybe he's trying to clean up the remnants of or the remains of you know relationships or something I feel like because we've all been going collectively through this clearing house just so we could get to the good stuff which is <laughs> being anchored into the fifth dimension and once we can drop all of our worry and fear and doubt of the past of the third dimension, we just leave all that crap behind. Now we're going to be like, oh, okay, cool. All right. Now it's, now it's fine. But my subconscious mind maybe hasn't gotten the memo. <laughs> it's okay to meet people. It's okay to go outside. It's okay. You know, the last time I was in a crowd, um, that's like, like the next day I got sick. And I think my subconscious mind is, it's like, it's trying to protect me by keeping me isolated, by making me sick. Now I can't go out and to be around another crowd and feeling all their sorrows and pains again. And I thought I was protecting myself and I had put out um, a lot of energy to give love and healing to every person in that room. But when I did that, it also took out of me a little bit and I tried to replenish it, but it might've been overwhelming because I've not been out in a crowd in a long time not in months like when I go downtown or into the store it's not a crowd it's like maybe 20 30 40 50 people spread out in one store you know but when I was in that crowd the other day it was crazy it was like I don't know a couple hundred people in that room in one room so it was like ugh. ugh you know <laughs> overwhelming so I'm looking at this going yeah when I'm healed I am not healed alone. Cool. But I like that. Uh, I'm going to read this one again and again. You know, just 
I don't want to be sick anymore. I want to be healthy and I need my subconscious mind to get the memo. <laughs> But basically 86% of your subconscious or of your mind is subconscious stuff. So it's still clearing stuff out from before, you know? So I like this. This is a good lesson. 137 in A Course in Miracles. You can find it at acim.org or you can go download A Course in Miracles app. The Foundation for Inner Peace is the publisher of A Course in Miracles. So anyway, it's pretty cool, but I like the apps. Apps are pretty cool, but I'm just looking at this on my laptop on the internet, you know. So here you go. I read a weird headline today, and then when I went to look at the article, it was a different article, and it said that there's a fire called... I told you the fire names are really insane, right? Remember I was telling you yesterday there's there was a fire called the Old Water Fire, <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? And then this, in California, it's it's crazy, guys. Two million people, two million people are now having their power cut in California because of the raging fires. But one of the fires, and I, I'm looking at this, and it's like, it's just not anywhere. It said that the raging tick fire... I'm like the tick fire. I don't know if it's a raging tick. <laughs> Is the name of the street it started on or if it's just tick. But, oh, it's crazy. But it's really, people are being evacuated left and right. Two million people are going to be without power tonight in California. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Um, All right, let's see. Um, yeah, Bitcoin bounced back a little bit. Uh, it was down around 7,400. So it did go a little bit below the prediction that I had been given um, by Prime Creator. Again, not from me. I don't do predictions like that from me. But it now it went up for a little bit up to 8,500. But it's still teetering back and forth so it might be the time to buy bitcoin if you've been you know kind of thinking about it it's a good possible possibility um there's uh another arrest made jane fonda again arrested this time with ted danson remember she decided for 14 weeks in a row she's going to protest in washington dc um, to raise awareness about climate change. And the only way she could do that is just to continuously be arrested. And every time she's bailed out for $500, bada boom, bada bing. <laughs> and Ted Danson joined her on the stage, uh, speaking about climate crisis. So they were both arrested. Wow. Did you guys hear that? Did that sound like a gunshot? Okay. Now I've got to investigate. <laughs> Was it a real-life crime, or is it a crime that someone did not fix their car engine? It might have, might have been a rod. Oh, my God, that... Holy man, that was a very expensive car. I just saw a $100,000 car just roll down the street. I'm looking around. I don't see anybody. I don't see any bodies, so... 
It didn't sound like a backfire. It almost sounded like a rod was thrown, but no cars out on the road. It might have been a gunshot. That's very weird. That doesn't happen often. It, it's got to have been something else. But that what that hundred thousand dollar car I just saw rolling down the road. Oh my god! I know it's at least that. I I, I want to call it. Was it Escalade? I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know the names of cars. I just know that that one in particular, I've looked at stuff like that online and it's like a hundred grand. <laughs> Damn. There are some people here in, in this city in Ecuador with a lot of money. Most people are upper middle class or middle class here, but it's rare to see extremely poor people that are from here. This is the richest one of the richest cities in South America, I'd have to say maybe Lima, Santiago, Chile, and Buenos Aires are more, more so, but, um, I don't know for real, but that's what I've been heard. That's what people have told me. It's what I've heard. So kind of crazy, but yeah, that was like a, wow, never every now and again, like once every four or five months, my son and I will see a car that just takes our breath away. That one wasn't like impressive to me, but like we sometimes we'll see like super super old like um like uh cat not Cadillacs or um Porsches or but like classic cars where you just like what and the thing is here in Ecuador if you are a foreigner and you want to move here and you want to bring your car your car has to be less than five years old so that's why it's really hard to see a classic car here. It's very rare. It's like all the cars are brand new because it's illegal to bring in um, old cars to Ecuador. And they just don't want a bunch of junky parts, auto things sitting around, I guess. But it's kind of weird, though, because the old cars of your... <laughs> okay, it wasn't that old, but, you know, <laughs> you're just like from the 60s and 70s, even the 70s, the cars were having 30 miles to the gallon or... 40 miles a gallon. I remember it being a lot higher and now it's like 16, 20. It's like, how is that part of the car going backwards? <laughs> you know, it's just the oil people, you know, and I just feel like we need to get away from this crap. I agree with Jane Fonda and Ted Danson and um, Sam Waterston. I just feel like it's time. It's time. Uh, president Morales continues to be the president in Bolivia. There's a lot of anger and doubt still. They were having, they, they recounted the vote and he didn't really win by landslide. Like they originally thought it was by a very narrow margin and they thought it was going to be like, if the other guy won, now they're going to have to have another ballot, you know, like go and vote again. You know, like this would have been the primaries, but because he won, it's like, there's no reason to have the other thing. So... Crazy, crazy, crazy. So, all right. The U.S. housing market crash is officially here, according to an article I'm looking at right now. Don't be upset by this, though, because that means you can buy a house for really cheap if you were looking. They have a... The Federal Reserve apparently has uh, cut the rates, so people will go ahead and buy houses. But honestly, I think that the, the 
it's probably the tiny house thing. Do you guys think so? The tiny house thing is so amazing. I'm so glad that people have tiny houses. And they don't have to pay taxes and they're just like tooling around on their wheels. <laughs> Even though their tiny houses are like full luxury. It's like glamping to the max. <laughs> so, wow. It's, that's good though because the drop in home prices, you know, people are saying it's surprising and oh my God. But you know what? Good. $200,000 for like an average little house. That's like not fair. So good. I'm glad it I'm glad it's dropping. My house in Detroit, it's four bedroom, three bathroom. It's like um 2,800 square feet if you count the basement and the attic, the main floor and the second floor together only are um it's technically four stories if you count the basement and the attic, but and the attic is a full attic, but you can only count the quote-unquote living space of the first and second floor which is 1,400 feet. But it's almost a 3,000 square foot house. It's huge. It's huge. Even though the rooms are small because it's a Victorian house. I paid $9,000 for that house. I still have to put in another $20,000 worth of work to make it super livable. But it's a really beautiful house. It's in a nice neighborhood. I mean, not nice, the nicest, but it's not in the worst. It's not even in a terribly bad neighborhood there was a couple shootings a couple blocks away but when I was there but there wasn't anything really I mean my neighbor was running across the street and didn't bother to look both ways and he was hit by a car that was speeding but <laughs> the car might have aimed for him actually thinking he'd get out of the way and another guy did crash into a tree <laughs> in, in front of my neighbor's house in fact that happened I think twice that someone crashed into that tree so that tree's got weird karma <laughs> I, I, who knew the trees could have karma and I'm like why do people keep crashing in front of your house specifically he's like I don't know my very first day there was a shooting right in front of my house a guy had come into the neighborhood that didn't belong there and another person who's from that neighborhood shot at his car he knew he wasn't going to hurt anybody but he was shooting at him to leave because he knew the guy was a criminal and, and they chased him out. And it was like pretty crazy. It was like, wow. But everyone in that street, man, people were absolutely like just, <laughs> you know, someone came over to my house. They didn't recognize the car. They didn't recognize the man. They're like, why are you here? Why are you here? Who come to visit? What's her last name? If you know her so well, what's her last name? What's her first name? Why are you in my neighborhood? And I was like, oh, yeah, I love how people, like, totally watch out for each other in this neighborhood. Like, you know, and they all knew me. They knew my kids. Everything was cool. But um, if I had anyone come to the neighborhood, they'd be like, who are you? Why are you here? What is your intention with her? <laughs> so I moved into a neighborhood full of parents. <laughs> parents and a few kids, you know. <laughs> so I love Detroit. I miss it. But I think my true home is actually here in Cuenca. You know, I just feel like Ecuador is my true home. Every now and again, I feel a pull to France. I feel a pull to Los Angeles. I feel a pull to Italy and California. All of, I mean, Northern California too as well. I don't know. I just, I just like, I feel pulls to different places. I want to visit Ireland and Scotland. I want to see my ancestral homes from my ancestors where they lived. And speaking of ancestors, 
And this is what we're going to do today. By the way, the thing I read about Scorpio yesterday, that starts tomorrow. I was reading it in advance. I forgot to mention that. We're still in Libra today. Tomorrow we go into Scorpio. <laughs> Maybe I, pl- I should play the awkward birthday song again. <laughs> For all Scorpio birthdays. (laughs) My good friend who was a witch with me in a past life, and we were burned at the stake for being witches in past life. She wrote me and told me her birthday is coming up. I'm like, oh, that's right. She's a Scorpio. (laughs) Oh, well, all right. This night in honor of our beloved witchy holiday coming up, All Hallows' Eve, otherwise known as Halloween. And I'm still expecting your ghost stories, so please send them in to Metaphysical Ghost Speak. No, I'm just kidding. Not that. MetaphysicalSoulSpeak at gmail.com is where you send your spooky stories about any spirits you have encountered at any time in your life. You can also send in stories about you know what your neighbors experienced or your friends or your family members um it doesn't have to be you specifically if you don't have one but i want to hear the spooky cool trippy stories of seeing spirits even if you were in a hotel and the spirits wandered through the hall and you're like whoa and you thought you saw something anything like that we want to hear the spookiness We want to hear the stories. <laughs> I have plenty of my own, and um, Michelle from Florida did send in quite a bit of stories, so thank you for that, Michelle. I'm still waiting for yours, so send in your stories, please. So, today, fifth, we have five days. Five days to get these stories in so I can arrange them and figure out how I'm going to, you know, put them on the show on Halloween. But I'd like for you to c- cuddle up on Halloween with a big cup of apple cider hot apple cider with a stick of cinnamon in it or your popcorn with your coconut oil in it or your hot chocolate however you want to eat (laughs) my my husband said he grew up my ex-husband who died he said that he grew up with his sister cindy and they had every year for halloween they had to have hot dogs and sauerkraut. They called it witch's hair and witch's noses. And they had to have it served with Martian heads, which are Brussels sprouts. <laughs> and that was their, they made that up when they were kids because that's something that when they were very little, their mom served, just happened to serve that for um, the, the night, for the meal. And they were like, we have to have this every year. So every year they insisted that that's what they had to have. <laughs> and so we... Um, we continued that tradition with my kids and they thought that was hilarious. Although now we don't eat hot dogs and <laughs> I haven't seen a Brussels sprout since I got to South America. Actually, I don't think I've ever, I know they must be here. I'm going to look for it tomorrow. If I go shopping <laughs> and sauerkraut, I haven't seen either. Although my, my old neighbor who doesn't live here anymore, he used to make his own and it's just with vinegar and cabbage. I might figure out how to make it, but I don't like it terrible. Not ter- it's not I don't like it terribly much to be honest. Anyway, I'm going to take a quick break and when I come back we're going to talk about your ancestry possibly in what I'm going to call 13 signs that you are a natural born hereditary witch. 
right after this. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you. Are you a witch? Are you a good witch or a bad witch? (laughs) That question has been asked in several Hollywood movies (laughs) and TV shows based on the the one Hollywood movie where that first came from. (laughs) But some of us have hereditary magic because our ancestors practiced it and it just is in the blood you know I feel like we get magnetized and we have it naturally it just comes by us naturally and some people have it in the blood just from family lines and some people are born into a brand new family line that may or may not have magic but their soul has it because their soul has done the spiritual work and they have these things that are called magic. A lot of it is just higher science. It's actually science. It's just from higher realms that scientists right now don't even understand. So things appear as if by magic, but they're just natural, such as clairvoyance, telepathy. It's all natural. So whether you are a natural witch just because that was something you chose in this life or maybe you are a hereditary witch that came through your DNA and it's in your very blood and your families might you know your family might be related to one of the original 13 families that formed the Illuminati <laughs> um, there's magic in a lot of families from Scotland and Ireland and and even England, even throughout the Nordic lands, Germany, Africa, Australia, Aborigines, I'm sure they have magic. The the, um, Kahunas in Hawaii, very strong magic over in Hawaii. There's a lot of Native American magic in Northern America. And in South America, you know they have brujas and brujos. A lot of sorcerers. A lot of sorcery down here. My friend witnessed some pretty intense stuff in Peru. She wanted to learn about ayahuasca and she got in with a, a magicking family. And she saw some dark magic. This family took over uh, a woman's psyche and she just like a robot handed over a bunch of money and the keys to her house and when she goes to stay in her house she is 
a slave to this family. She cooks and cleans all day long while they live in her house. My friend saw it and she's like, oh my God, they're so evil. I'm going to have to break the spell. Somehow I'm going to have to, I've got to save this woman. I need to talk to her. I don't know if she actually was able to do it. She did her best. And when um, the woman giving her the ayahuasca gave it to everybody, they were taking class together and they all got green ayahuasca. And the one that she was handed was a dark black because they're going to try to take over her too. She, she said she poured it on the floor and walked out. <laughs> like the lady, she says, oh, my stomach hurts. I have to go to the bathroom. She waited till everyone left. And then the woman said, I've got an appointment across town. I'll be back in an hour. Drink your potion, you know? And she's like, okay. She poured it on the, on the floor and she cast spells in, in that house so that they would stop living there. <laughs> Because it wasn't their house. They didn't own it. They didn't pay for it. They didn't deserve it. (laughs) There's some dark magic in Peru. But there's dark magic everywhere. And there's good magic everywhere. And if you are a natural born witch. And if you are a hereditary witch. The chances are you are a good witch. You know that Wiccan itself is a religion. But just having a hereditary magic about you. Does not make you Wiccan. There are many people who are Christian witches or different various, you know, um, various uh, religions. You know, it's outside of religion. It's just natural gifts and talents that come to you as a result of being born into it or as a result of having earned it. And your higher self gives you magical gifts. So honor it, love it, respect it. And tonight we're going to go over 13 signs that you are a natural born or hereditary witch. Number one is palm signs. Actually, this is the first, this is outside of the list of 13. Actually, Um, I'm not going to go over the list yet. I'm going to go over palm signs first. Okay, so there's physical evidence that you might be a witch. We're going to go over the physical evidence first that that might show you that you are a witch. And then we're going to go through 13 signs that you might be a natural born or hereditary witch. So the first thing is... On, as far as your palm signs are concerned, to, so it says, how many palm signs confirm your witch by birth? Well, you don't have to have all of them. Just a couple marks might be an actual reminder of the power that you possess in your, from your previous life. And you can call these things witch marks. They signify that you have been a witch by birth, regardless of how you come by the magic. This is an article I found on ConsciousReminder.com, and it's called Signs on Your Palm Confirming You're a Witch. The first one is the hidden or the secret cross, and I do have this one. This is a sign on the palm of the hand that's been long associated with strong magic and psychic powers. So look on your hand between the two lines that go straight across your palm directly underneath your fingers in the upper half of your palm 
in between those two lines, look for, and now you're going to need a, maybe a magnifying glass and um, maybe your glasses, if you're me, <laughs> you wear the cheaters, but also um, a very strong light because this can be a very faint mark. It might not be very readily or easily seen, okay? So if you know to look for it, then then you'll see it, and you'll see it if it's there, okay? And if it's not there, that's okay. You could still be a witch, but it says usually this is considered the most potent of all the palm signs. It's called the mystic cross or the secret cross. It is an X-shaped mark that is placed between the lines of the head and the heart. Those are the two lines that go across your palm, straight across. And when you have this palm sign, probably you have been aware from a very early age that you have magical ability or powers that other people don't have. So if you have this mark, you naturally will possess intuitive wisdom and an understanding of the occult. And this will make you a great witch if you so choose to follow that path. The second mark is called the planetary psychic cross. Now this one could be at the bottom of any of your fingers, okay? And if it's located there, it'll be at the bottom of every finger or any of the fingers. It doesn't have to be under all of them. This is a, a sign called the cross of the psychic. Now every finger is associated with the planet and the cross found on a particular finger can be read in accordance to the symbolic importance of that celestial body. So we're going to go over that. Number one is your index finger. This is associated with Jupiter. If you have a little cross mark, like a little X underneath that finger, it implies that Jupiter's good fortune will favor you. You will possess a fine blend of wisdom and power in you. In the future, you might become a wise and magical teacher. In fact, the signs, all signs point to yes. You'll be a wise and magical teacher. Now, the second finger, your middle finger, is associated with Saturn, and it is a strict instructor. If you have an X or a cross there underneath this finger, at the base of this finger, it implies that you can learn things through tough and easy ways through your knowledge of magic. And it will come through your own experiences. Meditation and dream magic will be of a special benefit to you. So let me see if I can read that again. Across here implies that you can learn things through both tough and easy ways, though your knowledge of magic will come through your own experiences. All right. So dream magic and meditation, if you have a cross under your middle finger. Under your ring finger, if you have a cross on your ring finger, this means that Apollo and the sun have blessed you with the ability to attract whatever you want in this life. You have enchanting powers and your romantic life can inspire your magical life too. Pleasure gives you enlightenment when you feel sexually active. Very interesting. <laughs> Sex magic, I guess, right? If you have it under your ring finger. 
Now, if you have it under your, your little finger, a little cross or an X, this is associated with Mercury, which is, of course, the planet of communication. Woohoo, my ruler. <laughs> it rules Virgo and Gemini alike. And it is the powerhouse of all things magical and divine. You've been born in the world of magic and you are bound to excel in it if indeed you have at the base of your little finger an X or a cross. I didn't check my hands for these. I probably have a couple of those, but I will look at it later. (laughs) Now, number three is the pyramid or the psychic triangle. This is a pyramid-shaped sign located at the bottom of your ring finger. This means that you have intentionally or unwittingly blocked your magical powers. This can happen when a magical crime has been performed in a past life and it created a bad karma for you. Now, a pyramid is like a psychic jail that has imprisoned your magic. It can also imply somebody else might be in charge of your powers. They might possess your powers and you also have enemies from previous lives. However, through the magic of love and forgiveness, you can retain your power. You can regain it again through a ceremony to break the spell cleanse yourself energetically and awaken the magic that is in you so that is how you get rid of the prison that is containing your powers where you can't get to them okay so number four is the mark of a healer this is a really good one when i looked at my hand before i had this one So if you have four parallel lines at the foot of your little finger, (laughs) foot of your finger, that sounds funny. (laughs) Basically four parallel lines at the base, you know, just below on your palm, below your finger, then that means you have the potential to be a healer. It means that you can heal people psychically, physically, emotionally, many different ways of healing. Maybe it means you're going to be a doctor or an herbal healer. It doesn't matter the kind of healing. The fact is you are a healer of some sort. You might even be a massage therapist or a yoga teacher. So often people with the four lines at the base of their little finger will take up medicine or psychology as a profession and choose to heal people. You have a degree in psychology. That's hilarious. I also do herbology and a few other things, but so weird. I do have it. Now, the picture shows the lines going up and down, but I think it possibly could go, well, if it goes across and it's on the side of your little finger, that means marriages and or children. So if it's up and down lines, parallel lines. Okay, so it says, these lines can be seen as a blessing from Mercury or Hermes, the god of healing and communication. Those with four or five lines are powerful healers. If you have six or seven lines, you'll become healers later on in your life. And eight or more lines, you have mastered the fine art of healing in past lives, as well as in this one as well. Even more than lines in that indicate more power as a healer. So it says if you um, become a good healer, 
You have to become an excellent listener. I think also excellent communicator. Astral lines of travel. This is very interesting. So the lines below the base of the moon. Okay, that your moon is... So anything... Okay, you know the two lines that go across your hand? Below that, on the opposite side of where your thumb is. So if you have four lines... Actually, I'm sorry. It says lines below the base of the moon imply a talent to transcend time and space. So this person can go through the astral world and beyond the physical plane. And those who travel lines can become great witches. Now this is, um, so basically on the palm, the lower um, fourth of your palm, the, you know, if you cut your, like not for real, don't cut your palm, but if you imagine there's a line going up and down in the middle of your palm and, and straight across in the lower um, quadrant away from your thumb and you find lines there, that means that you are good at astral projecting and transcending time and space. I think that means you might be able to hop timelines and you can uh, communicate with fairies and spirits and you might be a shaman. So that's pretty cool, right? So that's the fifth sign that you might find on your hand, on your palm, that shows you you might actually be a witch, natural born or hereditary. Now, another thing that I thought was interesting was the formation of the letter M on your palm, and it's massive. So the the two lines that go across, as well as your lifeline, which is the one that curves around your thumb, and then the fate line that goes from the center of the bottom of your hand straight up to usually your middle finger. If you see a giant M in your hand, this means that... Let's see here. I, I'm looking at wemystic.com. They're the ones that talk about this. It says the letter M is extremely rare, but if you spot an M on your palm, it is very significant for you in this lifetime. It's a unique combination of the four lines that make up the lifeline, the heartline, the headline. And, well, it's like three lines. And the fate line. Oh, yeah, which is, okay, those are, those are the three major lines, and then the fate line is a minor line. Not everybody has a fate line. If you have a really thick, deep groove fate line going up, the, up and down the center of your hand to your middle finger, that means you're probably a famous person or you're going to be. You know, most people don't have that. But if you're going to be extremely successful as a business person, it'll cross the two lines going, the major lines crossing your hand that go parallel across. So if it crosses that, you're going to be pretty successful. So, but if it goes all the way up to like your middle finger, you're probably going to be famous or you probably already are famous. So, uh, so I wanted to tell you something. This is helpful to remember in all cases, your hands, if you are right-handed, your left hand will be the hand that reveals your personality And everything that you planned in this life before you came here. And if you're right-handed, your right hand will change according to things that you do in your life. So 
keep watching your right hand because as the months and years pass, the lines on your right hand are going to change. When you're born, both your hands are the same, but your right hand changes as you learn and grow and make different decisions. And, and, you know, I've seen people's hands, they were born with a hand that they were going to be absolutely crazy. I've seen like mental illness in their hand, but in their, you know, dominant hand that they write with absolutely no craziness. It just shows, shows creativity. So they change their own fate. You can always change your fate because we have free will in this world. So if you are left-handed, it's the opposite. So if you're left-handed, your right hand will be all, all the things you planned before you got here and your left hand, the lines will change. Okay. So that's important to know. And I learned that from my, well, my ex-husband who had a, a palmistry book that was over 500 pages long. It was a very old book. I think it was like published in the forties or fi early fifties. And this man had gone through and he studied the lines on people's palms that had died and then went and interviewed everyone that know, knew them. It took him years, decades to get through it. And he had pictures of all these hands and he could tell about people's lives and personalities based on their lines after he did the, the scientific study, but he studied thousands of people, corpses, kind of creepy, right? <laughs> but perfect for Halloween coming up. <laughs> A little creepy. All right. So what are the other signs? So now I have 13 signs that I've compiled. I've looked at various websites. There was one that I got a couple ideas from, but most of these ideas I put together myself through this website and others. This was a uh, rebel rebel society, rebel society, but it's spelled R E B E L L E society.com. You know, B E L L E like beautiful or woman, you know, beautiful woman. I thought that was kind of cute, <laughs> but I, I just kind of loosely looked at this, but I'm like, no, I'm going to come up with my own list. So I looked at this and a few others, but that one is a really good, that's a really good website. I'm going to put in notable mentions tonight. Okay. Number one is symbols hold a great deal of fascination for you. So anything that I wrote a word here, I cannot, I'm looking with and without my glasses and I'm like, what the hell did I write here? I don't even, I could have been a doctor with this handwriting. I'm telling you. All right. Oh, meaning. Okay. Yeah. Symbols hold a great deal of meaning for you. So if you were growing up and you were always drawing a pyramid or an eyeball or, um, stars, moons, um, anything that seems kind of magical. I mean, me growing up, I drew cats constantly drawing cats and moons and eyes and pyramids and trees. Oh, palm trees. I couldn't get enough palm trees. <laughs> That's probably not magical though, but I love nature. So I was always drawing like in the, in the note, in my notebook, you know, on the margins, I take notes and then I'd always have these ongoing, like little cartoon things or whatever I would draw but always with the moons and the stars and symbols like uh, Sri Yantras and the Vesica Pisces and 
the flower of life and the seed of life and if you're forever drawing like a circle with them you know with a star in it you know basically a pentagram um, any kind of symbols that you're like constantly drawn to symbols and when you go anywhere and you're like oh yeah yeah you see that column that's an ionic and you know what that stands for and you know that over there look at the keys that that's the keys to the to enter the kingdom of heaven and but that's the key the key to heaven and the key to hell and they're put together on the side of this church and i know what this means because you know that's me that's how i always every time i go anywhere i'm like oh look at that symbol that means this and that means that and look at this and you know <laughs> that color symbolizes desire that one symbolizes purity and innocence i the symbology of everything remember the book angels and demons the dan brown books oh my god oh my god i could not get enough of those books i read them i watched the movies i just oh my god i used to have one of those um those crypto things that was in the movie they made it and sold it with a book for a while and i i used to have one and it comes in and it was like um, the the magic cipher was Apple, but you could change it to whatever you want. And then you can hide spells in there. I wish I still had that thing, actually. It was a little bit wonky, but it was so cool. <laughs> but anything to do with signs, symbols, weird um, passageways or doorways with signs and symbols, anything that just like, oh, you know, archaeology, um, things with the signs and the symbols and the writing and the alphabets from a long time ago. Um, even alphabets like, um, the Greek alphabet, the Theban alphabet, the Cyrillian, um, the Pictish script, any kinds of symbols or alphabets, or if any of those things, you're just like, even if it's Morse freaking code, anything that's a secret code, secret alphabet, it's just like, oh, you know, hidden stuff where you're just like, oh, my God, I got to know this. I have to know it. And you memorize it. and You sit and write it for hours. I mean, I, the, for me as a kid, that's how I was. Every sign, symbol, you know, I've seen series that were like 100 hours long and I would sit and watch them every single day until I was done. And then at the end, I'd go back in the beginning and start over. You know, it just absolutely fascinated me. So the second sign that you might be a natural born or hereditary witch is you are attracted to literature from a young age about the supernatural, paranormal, and yes, anything to do with magic or witchcraft. So if you liked movies and TV or books, stories about fairies and and even angels um charmed bewitched are two you know bewitched was a long time ago even i dream a genie anything where magic can make things just boom you know snap the finger and boing now it's there boom <laughs> boop there it is boop there it's not <laughs> anything like that that just fascinated you and just you know, kept you or your imagination going and kept you up at night. <laughs> uh, in, in modern times, uh, anything magical would get you like even superhero stuff. Sometimes even in modern day stuff, you're just like, wow. Uh, the TV shows that I've seen recently on besides good, Witch, which is barely magical. She it's like, she has an intuition of someone walking through the door, you know, and she'll hand something to someone that she'll know what someone needs, but I don't really see her doing rituals or anything. I'm like, I'd like to see more of her, you know, 
speaking words, you know, saying Latin or something, you know, something weird or she's not weird enough. She's too mainstream in that, but uh, two really good shows that I've recently seen. Um, tonight I watched an episode of raising Dion. I thought this was only about a mom raising a kid. And I thought, Oh, it's kind of a boring topic. And then I read the description and it says that he's a budding superhero and she's a widow and has to deal with this little second grader having powers. But I watched the first episode. I'm like, Oh honey, this isn't superhuman superhero thing. This is straight up witchcraft. This is hereditary magic. That is like he's doing levitation. I mean, those are things that could possibly happen. And I've read of cases where kids didn't know their own power and they were levitating stuff in their room and creating uh, tornadoes in their room. And I've, I've, didn't witness the tornado, but I witnessed a tornado that had happened in someone's house. He was my next door neighbor. He came over and got us and we went running into his house. He's like, this just happened. And it was like stuff everywhere. There's a tornado inside his house on a perfectly sunny, warm day without a wind outside. (laughs) It wasn't his own power. Someone sent it to him because someone else was a hereditary witch. So pretty crazy stuff. I think it was like the day he, it was an anniversary of the day he got out of um, the government experimental program for remote viewing. He was one of the original PsyOps persons and it was on, and I, one of his buddies sent him a, a tornado. <laughs> yeah. Nice gift there, bud. Thanks. <laughs> his fish was all freaked out, like batting his head against the, his fish was freaked out. His animals were freaked out. They were like, ah, what the hell is that? You know? But when you have that power, you've got that power. It, it's real. Anyway, uh, Always a Witch, a really good show. Oh my God, that's a really, it involves time travel as well as, as uh, witchcraft. It's pretty cool. All right. Um, so the third sign that you are a hereditary witch is that you are an outsider. You don't like crowds. You're a loner. People call you strange, weird. You're, you're different than all the other people. And you feel like you're an observer. You're an outside person looking on the inside and you're never really a part of it, but you kind of don't really want to be either. People might've called you a witch. Redheads get that a lot. I've met people who were terrified of me just because of the color of my hair. And it's like, really in this day and age, and you know, oh, I heard, I heard a rumor when I was a kid. Oh, my mom said to beware of witches and, and, and especially redheads because redheads are always witches. I'm like, am I? Maybe I am. Maybe I'm going to look into that. Thank you. <laughs> he was like, oh, I got to go. He was all freaked out. And he went and talked to me for a couple of weeks. He's like, I'm scared of you. I'm, I'm really, really freaked out by you. <laughs> like, well, you're the one that put the idea in my head. So, hey, maybe I am a witch. Maybe I'm going to go, you know, maybe I'm going to go get a couple spell books or something. <laughs> I was like 18 and, or 19. I was 19 and I was a security guard. And every night he went to work and he like walked down the hall and he'd see me and he'd like walk like an extra five feet around me. Cause he was so scared of me thinking, I'm like, I'm not going to do anything to you, man. Do you deserve me to cast a spell on you? And he's like, no, 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 ma'am. I'm <laughs> it's like, why? But redheads, we tend to get that. And I have green eyes. So of course, you know, it must mean I'm a witch. Okay. Okay. I am a hereditary witch, but it doesn't always mean that, <laughs> but you have, because you're an outsider, you have the ability to observe and you feel things and know things about a crowd or about people. 
because you are an outsider, it gives you the ability to be a really good observer. So it's not always bad to have the power of observation. It's not always bad to be an outsider or a loner. If you're a lone wolf or a solitary person, that's okay. But that is a sign that you might possibly be a hereditary witch. So number four on the list is that you are naturally intuitive. You have psychic ability, you're clairvoyant, you get flashes of images and you know something. You know when people are when people die that are close to you, you just feel it and then you'll find out later that they did die. Um, for example, you have psychic dreams of the future, sometimes of the past. Um, you might uh, meet someone and all of a sudden you know everything that happened to them in the past month or three months or even years. You have um, hunches that turn out to be correct. You could see the future. You could see the past. You feel it. Um, so you're just naturally intuitive. You could grab uh, someone's necklace or, or ring and you know every all the circumstances around that, that item. Psychometry, you know. So number five is that you're sensitive to energy. Sometimes you're really sensitive to light, um, especially artificial lighting. So you need candles. You want a more soft lighting. Or if you get, if you do have lamps in your house, it's always with the natural sunlight, full spectrum lighting, because that's better for you. You might be attracted to fire, like having a fire in the fireplace. You can also, you're sensitive to the energy in your environment and surrounding other people. You could sense if they're good or bad right away. You could sense what their intentions are in spite of their words that they're saying out of their mouth. You could feel the words they're saying with their aura. You feel energy um, in towns, cities, regions, or areas. Like I've gone to cities and go, huh. That's the energy of this city. And then I'll go to another city and go, huh, that's the energy of this city. <laughs> like I've gone to um, cities where I'm like, wow, the energy here is everyone's angry and afraid. And they're all worried about money and they hate strangers. And I've gone to other towns where people are open and loving and spiritual and high vibration. And I've gone to other places where it's just neutral. As mentioned about yesterday, Denver, Colorado, to me is just very neutral. Just like Nazca. Nazca's got a weirdness to it, but it's also very neutral. Like the people aren't totally trusting, but that's because people come and go all the time there. And there's a high turnover rate of people in hotels there because everyone wants to see the Nazca lines. So it gives it a, um, a feeling of impermanence and you can feel it in the people there. But as far as the place goes, it's just pretty neutral in energy. And you'd think that it'd have a different energy, but when I got my my um, Nazca line monkey tattoo it is a vortex I wanted to see and if I had that tattoo to my body I'm gonna feel it and I do feel it as a vortex it gave me a different energy and I do feel that these lines are magical somehow all right so again symbols <laughs> I have a couple symbols tattooed I even have a, a heart with wings that's a symbol that's an ancient Sufi mystical symbol not that ancient, it's just maybe a thousand years old, but still. <laughs> so that's uh, number five is sensitive to energy. Now, number six is that animals are absolutely attracted to you. They're drawn to you. Um, I've 
walked into people's homes and their cats that are normally very shy one time this guy was shocked as hell he had to sit down and like he was staring at me for a while like what the hell because his cat was in the bedroom asleep I walked in the cat heard my voice and it ran as fast as it could and it jumped over several pieces of furniture which it never did and it and it and it bounded up over this chair and this big lazy boy that he had and it, and it jumped into my neck and it threw its little arms around me and me out and purred like crazy and just held me and, and hugged me really hard and he looked at me and he goes what the hell and I'm like oh your cat's so sweet and I was hugging it back and kissing it and telling him oh I love you so much and he was like this he's like my cat hates people my cat never talks to anybody my cat like doesn't want to be pet he's always in the back room and I'm the only one that's allowed to go near him he's like what the hell and I'm like well hey I'm like oh well animals like me (laughs) or when you got it you got it I don't know I said something weird you know just blew it off but my whole life this has happened to me baby kittens running down the street after me and leaving their mother to come and jump in my arms from the ground jumping up into my shoulder like that to my right shoulder it's always been that way it's so weird just the other day I had two days ago I had two dogs a white dog and a black dog (laughs) I mean, it's like so yin and yang, you know, like so like totally cosmic. They start they they start barking and running after me, and I was wearing a hoodie so they couldn't see my hair or anything. And I turned around, and the black dog stopped, and then he just waved his his tail and like, "Hey, you!" And like I knew him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, all right, it's you, cool." And then the white dog ran up to me and barked a few times. I'm like, "You know me, right?" And I took my hood down. I'm like, "I know you know me." So look into my eyes and tell me that you know me. And then the dog stopped barking at me and he started wagging his tail. And he was like, yeah, okay, you're good. And he took off. Like, he just kind of gave me this look like, oh, yeah, symbol of approval. And he and he left. Like, you don't have to attack me. You know me. And he was like, oh, yeah, I do know you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but I've had, I mean, downtown, there was this white husky. A couple times with white huskies has happened to me in two different countries where they will see me from like two or three blocks away and run as fast as they possibly can and jump into my arms. The same like the cats. I've had this and I've had um, animals like wild animals, like birds, especially wild birds fly to me that are dying and they wanted to die in my hands. They wanted me to hold them and it's happened like two or three times. It's really freaky. (laughs) And you guys know that Fred and Ethel Mertz, my pigeon friends that come around. The pigeons tend to be more friendly. They're used to people. But even my oldest kid um, pet a wild deer in Arizona once. I was just looking at a map and I turned around and there's this enormous deer in my teeny, teeny, tiny toddler petting the deer. I'm like, oh my God. That was so freaky. And then when the deers came around in our yard, same thing. She'd go out there and she'd be surrounded by deer and just petting them like dogs. <laughs> She's like four or five years old, just petting the, petting the deer like it's not a big deal. <laughs> One time I asked God to show me a sign that I'm loved. I was having a very lonely day and I heard this crazy crashing, thrashing, <laughs> breathing sound and (laughs) panting and I go downstairs and there's two chocolate Labrador retrievers sitting on my deck 
And the minute I opened the door, they were all kinds of loving and putting their arms around me. Dog spelled backwards as God, and that was my sign. So these kinds of things will tend to happen. I've attracted bees my whole life. I've attracted bees. When you attract animals, especially wild animals, even weird insects like butterflies. My oldest attracts butterflies. Um, <laughs> when you attract like things that just, and it just seems a little bit out of the ordinary. I went into the ocean. I was on a boat and I attracted a sunfish to myself. <laughs> These are primordial fish. They're ancient fish. The day before I attracted the sunfish in the Monterey Bay Aquarium. It came to me in, in its eyes it's one eye on the side of its head would stare into my eyes and then it would, it would turn around and its other eye would look into me and it wouldn't leave my side. It, it would swim around and come back and stay with me for 10 minutes. And everyone in the aquarium stopped. Like 30, 40 people looked at me and they're like, whoa, that's weird. I've never seen that before. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I had this feeling of they're going to know I'm, gonna, I'm a witch. I have to get out of here. <laughs> But what was weird is the very next day in the ocean, a wild sunfish, the same kind of primordial fish came. We're out whale watching and dolphin watching and we didn't see whales or dolphins, but here comes a sunfish and and it just stayed right with me on the side of the boat. And I'm like, that's really weird. I'm going to move and see. I moved to the front of the boat and here comes the fish following me. And the lady said, this is weird. I've been doing this for about 25 years now. And I've never, ever, ever seen that in all my years as being a marine biologist. (laughs) I go out on this tour five days a week and I've never seen that for 20 years. I'm like, oh, she's like, these are the most shy fish in the ocean. They're the most rare fish to see. You never, ever see them. They're usually in the depths, but they're called sunfish because sometimes they'll come to the surface and sun themselves. They lay on one side and then they flip over like they're tanning themselves, but they're extremely rare to see, especially when big boats are around and here comes a fish. Or I mean, so that's another example. <laughs> If you've ever attracted animals in a really strange way where people are looking at you like, what's, what's happening there? (laughs) Yeah, you're probably a witch. (laughs) Okay. So, um, number seven is death and the afterlife absolutely fascinate you. You know, from when you're a little kid and you may be reading about the embalming practices of the ancient Egyptians, or you want to read the book of the dead when you're a teenager, (laughs) the Necromicon from the Tibetans or the Egyptians or or you're reading life after life or or life between lives and you're just like so fascinated with what happens to our spirit and our soul after we leave the body and and also you're interested in speaking to ghosts and and spirits and uh, don't do it but Ouija boards might have held fascination for you they can also hold the key to evil spirits. So don't touch that. That's not good. But anything to do with death and your ancestors, um, anything death related, Halloween, (laughs) Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos, you know, All Hallows Eve, these kinds of holidays tend to be on your top three favorites. (laughs) Might even be in your top two, right? So, okay, number eight, past life memories. You're going to start having flashes. You go to a place you've never been before, and all of a sudden you remember living there before. You know what your name was, what your street was, 
or you start having dreams or you meet people and you know you know them from a past life or they know you. (laughs) Uh, When you have past life memories of places or yourself or of other people that were in your life before and you're like, huh, wait a minute. They start having dreams about it. Very, very good chance that's because you might have a natural born witchery energy about you. Number nine, the natural world holds a massive fascination for you. You're interested in everything from, you know, the beach to the ocean to, you know, you know, the beach and the ocean, I mean, to the forest, to the desert, different parts of nature fascinate you and hold different energies that you love to just imbue yourself with the energy of that nature and to see that raw natural power in the wind and in the waves and in the rushing of the river. You um, take special delight in uh, the sounds of the birds singing and oh, underneath a full moon, oh, it's just such a draw in a pool. You can't stop staring at it. You know, I, I know people have absolutely no witchiness in them whatsoever and they'll look at them and go, oh yeah, it's pretty cool and then keep walking. (laughs) It's like, don't you feel the magic of that? Don't you know? Like, God, that's like ancient power there, right? You know, it's like, how can you just like, oh, yeah, it's cool, whatever. I had a boyfriend who had no romantic bones in his body. We went to the sunset. He's all, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I'm like feeling the power of the sun. It's just like, oh, my God. And the ocean. And there's like something so ancient and mystical. And he's just like, all right, cool. Sunset. Can we go now? (laughs) He's like, absolutely the opposite of any kind of magic, but you have an affinity to either earth or fire or water or air. Um, maybe all of them, you might have your elements will attract themselves to you and you will be actually, it will be in your world. Like I was telling you guys the other day about my son, He's been tracking a hell of a lot of dirt in the house for years. And it's like, what the hell? How can we both go to the same place together and come home and you have mud on your shoes and we were nowhere near mud and I have nothing. (laughs) Like, what the hell? How is this happening? This is like really boggling the mind. Like, how are your clothes getting like dirty with actual dirt on them and you were nowhere near mud? Like, I don't understand. And I found out it's because his element is earth and he also has chaos magic. So of course it's going to be chaotic until he figures it out. He also has air magic. He's made things shatter with just being angry. Things will just shatter. (laughs) They might not be anywhere near him, but they shatter glass shatters and that's air magic. Another thing that he does because he's chaotic, he leaves the lids off of everything. And I finally figured it out ever since he's really little, he would leave he would go in the fridge and take the lids off everything. And, and sometimes I couldn't find the lids. It takes me 20, 30 minutes to find the lids. And I realized, oh my God, his chaos magic is doing this because he's letting everything breathe. And he's not even aware he's doing it. Like he'll open a package of cheese and put the cheese on top of the package and leave it in the fridge. He has to let it breathe because he has air magic. <laughs> I have to go back behind him and like constantly, you know, I trail along behind him, just putting the lids back on things, putting things back in the plastic bags. It drives me crazy because I'm obviously a Virgo. <laughs> but I have uh, <laughs> fire magic and, and uh, the way that the fire element told me that I had fire magic was that I've caught things on fire my whole life. 
blown up light bulbs and I touched switches. Um, it caught toast on fire in the in the toaster. When everyone else has normal toast and everything's fine, mine catches on fire. <laughs> um, put a microwave thing in the microwave and it catches on fire. Many times I have ruined three microwaves. One time I caught a boiling pan, a, a boiling water, just a clean pan fresh from the washing machine, the dishwasher, put it water in it and that's it. Nothing, nothing, just water and caught the outside of the pan on fire. How the hell did that happen? It was perfectly clean and there was a fire about six or seven inches tall in a circle around the metal part. <laughs> How the hell did I catch metal on fire? What the hell? <laughs> My oldest was asleep and caught his chair on fire in his room. That's fire magic. <laughs> it's hereditary. And we didn't even know what it was until recently. I'm like, you know, you have fire magic. Remember the chair that caught on fire while you were asleep? <laughs> and there was nothing on, There was he didn't have a candle or anything. There was nothing on the chair. But he woke up and the chair was on fire and he was freaking out, like, what the hell? So there you go, that's, that's fire magic. So any part of the elements, the natural world, the moon holds fascination, even the sun. And you're also interested in things like uh, the invisible spirits in nature, the jinn, the fairy folk, the sylphs, the salamanders, all the, that you feel and sense that there are spirits attached to all the elements and all of the plants outside. You know, the mermaid spirits, you know, you, you feel it, you feel it. So that's another sign that you might be a hereditary or natural born witch. Okay. So number 10 is that you are going to have an automatic affinity towards and possibly knowledge of herbs and healing people in different ways. You don't trust or like doctors. You prefer to do energy healing or maybe a magical ceremony, anything to get away from the doctor. <clears throat> Unless there's a broken bone, you don't really find the, the necessity to go, right? So even meditation or calming down or even biofeedback, anything to keep you away from the doctor because you want to do it yourself, the DIY healer. <laughs> you want to heal others and everything in this way. And especially with the use of herbs, again, with that connection to nature. So you will also uh, try to heal yourself and others if you are aware that you're a witch, basically by calling upon your ancestral lines, people in your family that went before you, spirits. Um, and, you know, you prefer to use, you know, energetic and spiritual means to heal yourself and others or your environment. Uh, way before you'll call in a professional of any kind. Um, a lot of witches use uh, floor washes to make their rooms smell nice instead of um, harsh chemicals because they don't like the chemicals because they've got this affinity towards the herbal thing. So I always put, um, not always, but for a long time I was doing um, orange blossom water just to give a high vibrational energy to the room. And so when I clean the floor in the kitchen, I'm cleaning the energy of the room as well as the dirt off the floor, you know? And so if you're, you find yourself wanting to, you know, squeeze lemon and, and use lemon juice, natural lemon juice on your counters or anything natural, but just to give it a scent and it raises a vibration or you're using aromatherapy drops in an aromatherapy burner. Um, a lot of this 
it might actually point to the fact that you might be a natural born witch. All right. So number 11 is that you are attracted to what has been known as the occultic arts or the dark arts, including divination, tarot, astrology, healing modalities in an energetic way, such as Reiki, dowsing the I Ching, reading seashells or tea leaves, um, watching the signs in the heavens. Like I watch the cloud signs in the sky, um, looking at the stars and looking for a shooting star so that you can make a wish, any kind of divination. I'm asking God for a sign during a meteor shower. And if you see, you know, the, right after you ask a question, you see that star streak, you're like, Oh yeah, there's my answer. Now I got it. Also using augury, watching signs in wild animals to answer questions, pendulum dowsing as well. Augury is like when a bird, like a crow flies um, to your right. If it's a crow, that might mean that someone's going to die in your future, um, in your uh, immediate future. Um, and if uh, a crow flies to the left, it might mean that someone who already died in your past is trying to contact you. Also, flying to the right can mean yes, flying to the left can mean no. <laughs> a bird flying overhead. Um, directly above your head to you know to behind you it's something from your past something for your for your in your future also if it's flying above your head straight ahead of you so it augury is super fun it depends on the animal depends on you know, a lot of factors but you ask a question you watch the animal signs when you're out in nature that's that's it might be a sign that you are attracted to uh witchcraft from a natural born perspective or maybe it's in your blood number 12 is that you collect weird things <laughs> rocks that nobody else sees the magic in but you do you're like oh no this 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 one's special it's just a gray rock from the yard what do you mean special no this one's got an energy i could feel it you know <laughs> you tend to you know collect little scraps of fabric or metal twisted sticks, crystals, bones, feathers from birds. If the feathers in your path, oh, it's a sign. You pick up the feather. Um, <laughs> things that most people will call junk, uh, Chinese coins or coins from ancient days that don't even, they're not even in circulation anymore. Um, money from different cultures, <laughs> um, pieces of silk, just anything that's just strange and unusual. And everyone's like, what the hell do you have that for? It's like a junk drawer. And you're like, no, it's my magical collection, right? <laughs> It holds fascination and meaning for you, but not for anyone else. But you feel the energy and the power of each individual item. And you know it's special for some reason or another, so you keep it. <laughs> so um, that's another sign. It's just because the energy of it is kind of somehow special to you, right? <laughs> and it kind of is synergistic with your environment. So you know it, what it's doing. It's managing energy, but most other people can't feel it or know it. So they're like... You're just weird. <laughs> and the 13th sign that you might be a natural born witch or hereditary witch is that you are forever attracting strange and unusual circumstances to yourself or you're attracted to strange locations. <laughs> you might go down a wrong street and now it's all magic shops or something. <laughs> or really weird people or they suddenly they have strange symbols in their windows and you're like whoa it's like you're walking down the streets of london now you're in diagon alley 
<laughs> but you're always forever attracting strange and unusual circumstances and weird, crazy, quirky, eccentric, and unique people. So your friends are like a, a strange collective or mishmash of the unusual. And they're all real strange. <laughs> and, and they all maybe tend to be outsiders as well. And that is a sign, that is the 13th sign, that you might be a natural born witch or a hereditary witch with magic in your DNA. So... If you are saying yes to one or more of these, you might want to say a little prayer and ask God to show you your ancestral familial line and show you your magic tonight while you slumber. Then write down what you get. If you get anything tomorrow morning, write it down in your dream journal or just a regular notebook if you don't have a dream journal yet. So there it is. There you have it. That is the list. For me, I have 13 out of the 13. So <laughs> I was so happy to read some of these things in this article today. I'm like, dang, I didn't even think about that. You know, <laughs> I used to have skeletons from a, from a pelican from Mexico in my desk drawer. <laughs> and my kids are like, what the hell? Why do you have bones? I'm like, because it's special, it's magical. It's got the energy of the sun and the energy of the beach. It's just, don't you feel it? And they're like, it's a bone. And then after a while, they're like playing with it. They're like, this is so cool. I'm like, I know it is, right? <laughs> I mean, I had owl feathers and raven feathers. I had all kinds of, I had a whole collection. And sand from all over. The, every place I've gone, every beach, I used to have sand. <laughs> to most people, it's just dirt. What are you doing collecting that? <laughs> That, hey, you know, it's just the energy of it, the magic in it. There's magic inherent in everything. And if you don't care about it, you're not a hereditary witch. But if you're a hereditary witch, you're going to feel it. You want to keep it and capture it <laughs> and use the energy of it somehow. If you're interested in spell casting as well, I forgot to say that in the, under the divination one. If you're interested in casting spells or reading books on magic and spell casting, Obviously, that's definitely a sign. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it. I hope you have enjoyed this uh, pre-Halloween episode. I thought this was kind of apropos at this time of year to do a witchy poo. <laughs> a magical witchiness sort of episode. But, uh, well, that's all I got to say about that. I love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being on this ascension journey with me. I'm grateful that we've all anchored into the fifth dimension and that forevermore we'll be at a hundred on the ascension symptoms scale because we're done. We're anchored in. We're there. So it should be smooth sailing from here on out. Once we finish clearing out all of our past stuff, we're going to be, we're going to have a lot more magic in our lives from this point forward. Just think positively and manage your expectations and welcome magic of, in all its forms into your life. And with that, I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Until next time, guys, peace.
Do you ever wish you could look into the next chapter in your book of life and see what's coming next? What does the universe have in store for you? I can help you with that. I will give you a Celtic cross reading, which is 10 cards, or you can ask me three questions and I use three cards per question. So that's nine cards or I can channel your higher guidance or maybe God directly for you. Maybe you want to talk to your dear departed Aunt Edna because maybe you have a few questions and she was the smartest person you knew. If your deceased relatives are available or your ascended masters, I can channel them for you personally. Let me have one hour to show you the future in your next chapter of your book of life. Readings are $75 and it takes me an hour to an hour and a half to complete. And for this price, you will also be hooked up to the healing grid around the planet for free, which means yours truly, me, I will be giving you Reiki 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the rest of your life. All you have to do is let me know. Metaphysicalsoulspeak at gmail.com and we will explore your future together.